You're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast brought to you by Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Olivia Dolly, and I want to thank you for choosing this podcast to cure your PR Hangover. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to PR Hangover. This week, I have Allie Martin. Allie is here with us today to discuss how you can become your own publicist. Coming from you live from Shelbyville, Kentucky, Allie is a professional who utilizes public relations and social media to help brands and businesses get the visibility that it deserves. Allie is the owner of her own business, Fame and Fortune, which is designed to help support female entrepreneurs to elevate their brands by gaining credibility and authority through proactive public relations and strategic communications. She's formerly worked in public relations for brands like Amazon, Alltech, Kendra Scott, and the International SPA Association. She also produces and hosts her own podcast called Selfish, a show dedicated to self-care and following your dreams. Along with being a business owner, she is also an adjunct professor in social media and public relations at Midway University, which is located in Kentucky. And so I would love to introduce to you Allie Martin. Allie, welcome to PR Hangover. I'm really looking forward to learning about you and your business and just everything that you do. Yeah, I'm so excited about it too. Thanks so much for having me. For sure. So um, I understand that you're from Kentucky. <clears throat> okay. I am. That's awesome. Yeah, my friends and I were actually just there. Um, <clears throat> we go. Have you ever heard of Miguel's? Um, Miguel's. <laughs> yes. It's, a, it's a, like a pizza and climbing shop where people go and they climb. Um, <laughs> what part of Kentucky is it in? It's in Slade. Hey, I've heard about it. Um, that. What did you think? I was really fun. We spent a whole week there and my friends and I, we just like, we worked remotely and we climbed the rocks. So yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, yes. Let me know next time you come and I'll meet you there because that sounds so fun. I'm, okay. I'm glad to hear that you had a good experience. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess, uh, tell me a little bit about Kentucky, you know, like what's the PR clientele like? Yeah, um, it's really interesting because I think the two big things that we're known for in Kentucky, horses and bourbon. And um, it's so funny how um, if you work at any type of agency, you are determined to, you know, encounter one of those two industries, if not both during your time working for PR. So, you know, we, we don't really have the typical climate like you would in New York or L.A. where we're serving as publicists for a individual. It's more of these either industries or big names in the industry. Um, but I would say there is plenty to go around. There is, gosh, we have so many fun things, you know, surrounding the Kentucky Derby. Um, you know, it's not just the Derby. There's just so many events and, and others, uh, companies that take advantage of that time that um, really there is just always, uh, something for everyone. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess I bet you get a lot of really cool sponsors from that event as well. Yeah. Lot, lots of sponsors and then lots of like just other events. Um, uh, you know, there are a lot of celebrities that do come into town for the Kentucky Derby. So there are, you know, parties that 
they have their whole PR team for the one party that happens uh, prior to um, the Derby. And so, yeah, there's a lot of other fundraisers, galas that go along with just that one event that um, kind of just brings a whole buzz of excitement across the state uh, around that time of year. Oh, that's really cool. Would you say that um, most people in Kentucky go to the Derby or partake in some sort of activity with it? I I would say I I will... I will say as someone who is born and raised, I have actually never been to the Derby, but I go to a Derby party every single year. So yes, if you have not been fortunate enough to go to the event itself, you go to some sort of viewing party where you're still getting to taste some mint juleps and eat some hot browns and bet on the horses that you want. Um, So yeah, you still get to take a part of the environment. Uh, Okay. All the important stuff, of course. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Um, so what exactly is your role? Like what kind of platforms do you work with, um, with your business? So um, when it comes to PR, I work with a lot of luxury-based clients, um, and a lot of them are truly um, looking for exposure in their industry to, you know, either for a hotel, for example, that I work with, you know, they're looking to bring in travelers uh, into the state around the Kentucky Derby or not. Um There are a lot of individuals that I work with that are looking to just get exposure to their programs, their uh, courses that they've created. Um, So I would say I always lump everybody into that luxury field. Um, But I would say everybody is really just looking for visibility. That's really the one word that I like to use when it comes to my clients is they're looking to get more visible in their space. So whether that means media opportunities, whether that means just more eyes on them on social media, all of it combined is really looking for that visibility online. Okay. And then um, how do you kind of go about um bringing them the the publicity that they would like yeah um most of it is through media pitching so we are getting them opportunities on podcasts on um other media uh, platforms that are uh, trusted and credible in their industry um i always like to use the example um and any for anybody in pr you totally understand this but um It's this idea of if I tell everybody on social media all day long that I'm the greatest out there, you're going to go, okay, sure, we don't believe you. But if I'm featured on the cover of the New York Times and they're saying that I am a a great publicist and um, a credible source, everyone believes them because they are a credible news outlet. And so that's really what comes along with being featured in the media is you get that instant credibility, that instant authority that you're looking for. And so whenever clients come to work with me, that's what they're really wanting is they're wanting those media outlets to say they are great and they are a trusted source so that people will come and work with them. Right. Yeah. So um, how do you go about um, executing that perfect pitch when you're trying to pitch to the media? Yes. um, I really like to stress to keep it very short and sweet. Um, So, so many times, um, and I'll hear this from my journalist friends, they get thousands of pitches a day, truly thousands, which blows my mind 
makes me not jealous of their job at all because uh, I would not want to go through all those pitches. But um, so I think really keeping it newsworthy and keeping it short as as much as possible is going to be the key there. So um, how I like to always frame it is one or two sentences about my client. So I can just say like, hey, this is who they are and then give them bullet points of what they could cover in a media interview. This really helps the journalist or whoever is viewing the article or sorry, viewing the email to really understand like what they're going to get out of it. So again, it's like, what can we bring to the table for the media outlet? Not necessarily what's so great about us. Um, and so when you can think about it in that frame of mind, um, you're going to have much more success because they're going to see you as a partner, as somebody that wants to bring credible and valuable information to their platform, not just somebody that's looking for a free media interview. Right, exactly. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, pitching can be kind of like a nerve wracking thing. Some people might not know like how to go about it or even like how to start it. What has helped your confidence surrounding your strategic practices? I think that that's a great question. And I think a lot of people do really deal with that. Um, and I will say it's hard because you can send out 10 pitches and get no responses on nine of them. So you don't really know. You're like, what am I doing something right? Am I not? Uh, what can I do differently? Um, I think it comes down to when you get that first win, you can really start to feel really good about yourself and like, okay, I did something right. Like it's, it came through for me. I will say the secret that I find that most people don't do that actually can equate to success is following up. So a lot of times people will send out that pitch and they'll say, okay, the pitch is out there. Like, we'll see what happens. And when you think about the fact that journalists are getting thousands of pitches a day, it makes you know, it makes complete sense that they're not going to be able to get back to every pitch that they're interested in. Um, but I will say most of the pitches that I sent out, I don't get a yes until about the third or the fourth follow-up. So continuing to follow up, if you don't get a no and a leave me alone, then you have every right to continue to follow up. I've asked a ton of journalists this, like, at what point am I bugging you? Like, at what point do I need to stop? And they're like, if we don't say stop, we want you to keep pitching us because either we've pitched it to our editor ourselves and we're still waiting on their feedback. And so if you stop pitching us and then we don't have your email in our inbox anymore, then we've lost that connection. Um, so I would say, you know, getting that really that boost of confidence from getting a yes is going to be much more easy and much more come by when you are following up with those pitches and you're finally getting a response, even if it's, hey, this isn't right right now, but follow back up with me in six months. Like, OK, got it noted and we'll do that. So like any type of response is good so that you can kind of gauge what you're doing and whether you need to make adjustments. Right. Yeah. Especially like I feel like people would respect that more if um, you show that you're eager to, you know, have that in the media for sure. That's a great point. Yeah. If you're, if you just send it once and you forget about it, then it's like, you're not that excited about it anyways. But if you're continuing to follow up, that means you really believe in it and you really are like, Hey, I, this is, there's something here. I want you to, to make sure you see this. So yeah, I think that's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you do any, um, what other kind of things do you do within um, fame and fortune? You know, do you work on social media platforms? 
We do. Yeah. We, um, social media is the other main service that we offer. We primarily focus on Instagram and, um, Facebook and, um, really that comes down to, again, that visibility. If we know what our clientele is doing on these platforms, we create content that actually works within what they're looking for. Um, so I, I work with my clients to say like, what is your ideal client looking for on social media? Let's create that content. Let's get it out there so that we can get more eyes on them. So, you know, getting more visibility, getting more eyes on the client is done through media interviews, but then it also can be done through social media and, and getting um, the right content in front of the right people. Right. Exactly. Um, do you have like a certain like scheme that you like to go for when you're creating that kind of content? Um, so I do like to come up with content buckets for all of my clients. And so really I um, classify this as far as like nine to 12 different topics that your content will fall under. Uh, I have one client right now. They are more of like a medical practice. So we focus a lot on the services they offer, the testimonials from past clients. Um, they're really into healthy eating. So sharing healthy recipes. Um, but then that's going to look completely different from my hotel client who's going to focus more on like the cocktails that you can have out by the pool um, and uh, the different uh, meals that they are offering in their restaurant. So, um, you know, finding out what are the, the sweet spots for each of the clients and then making sure we're continuing to talk about those things month after month. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you don't necessarily um, specify to like one specific area with the NPR. You like to work with an abundance. Yeah, I definitely like to make it custom to the um, client and really what their needs are. Um, sometimes I'll have clients that come to me and they say, like, I don't have anything newsworthy going on right now, but I just need help and I want more customers. And so then we get creative and we can kind of look at social media and see what stories we can tell there. But then if there is something that's really media um, you know, newsworthy that we want to be sharing with the media, then that's when we can start pitching them to, um, to media outlets as well. So yeah, we kind of can get strategic based off of what's going on in their business and what, what their needs are. Right. Yeah. So I guess, is it just you? Do you have a team? I do have a team. Yes. I have four ladies that work with me. Um, and they all are either specialists in PR or, um, specializing in social media. And um, we work together on all of our clients. So it's a very collaborative nature. I love it because it's not just one person's responsibility to work on a client. We kind of all get to have our eyes on it and have our hands in um, the project itself. So it's really fun. And um, I think we, we have a lot of fun doing it. That sounds really fun. Yeah, for sure. And then I bet it helps. Um, you know, you just get different insights from different people and everything. So that's awesome. Yes, especially when you are in an online world like PR and social media you can get very lonely. You can kind of like get in your own head and be like, is this right? Like, what do I need to do differently? And so it does always help to kind of have um, a second set of eyes and and just have people that are all um, looking at it together in the same uh, interest of the client. Exactly. And just like people around you. Yeah, that's really important for sure. For yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I also, I understand you have your own podcast as well. <laughs> I do. It's called Selfish. I actually started it 
seven years ago, which is so crazy for me to believe. But um, so actually before I started Fame and Fortune, I worked for the International Spa Association and it is truly the association for spas around the world, which is as cool as it sounds. Um, I got to travel to spas and got to experience them, help them with their marketing, their PR. Um, but while I was visiting spas, I would hear these great speakers. They would invite guest speakers in and these guest speakers would kind of give, you know, 30 minute, 60 minute presentations to any of the residents that were there staying at the spa like overnight. And um, I started to record them on my cell phone. And I would like listen back to the audio recording and I would be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I would email it out to friends. And then somebody actually said to me once, they were like, you know, you could actually just like record a podcast and like that would be better efficient of your time than just emailing out audio recordings to people. So that's actually how I developed Selfish. And it really was this idea of practicing self-care in a world where self-care is not something that um, is talked about a lot. And um, so I would bring on guests that were experts in the spa industry, more in the self-care space. And then I also bring on um, business experts and allow them to tell their stories of kind of how they've balanced their entrepreneur you know, mindset with a um, self-care um, and then also just sharing business tips in general so that um, any of those business owners that are listening um, can gain those as well. So um, I've been doing that for, for a long time, but it it was one of those things I did started doing that before I even dreamed of having my own business. And it really was the catalyst to help me have my own business one day. So I'm really grateful it's there. And uh, I love the stories that I get to tell on there. That is really, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, even with like our industry's podcast, you know, it started from something really small where we were like, oh, this probably isn't going to really go anywhere. And now we're reaching out to people in like different states. We're having other people reach out to us. So I totally understand like it can like consistency can go a long way. You never know like where it's going to go too. You know, I think that's the beauty of it. If it's something that's on your heart and I tell this that, you know, if people that ask me about like, should I start a podcast? If it's on your heart, you better do it because if you don't, it will continue to, you know, plague you and it'll continue to like say like, hey, start me, start me, because that's how I was for probably two years before I started mine. And um, I'm just so glad that I did. And um, to your point, you you have no idea how it's going to take off and how people are going to resonate with it. So you might as well give it a shot. Right. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people like myself included, I was kind of like, scared, you know, you're putting yourself out there, but then, you know, if you don't put yourself out there, you can't, you know, those, those opportunities are never going to present themselves. That's right. That's right. And it, it's scary at the time, but then when you look back, you'll go, why didn't I do that sooner? Mm -hmm. That was so much fun. Like, I wish I would have done that a whole year before I even did it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so you have your own podcast, you have your own business. And then I also understand you're a professor. (laughs) Yes. um, We'll just add that to my plate as well. Um, Yes, I'm an adjunct professor at Midway University. I teach PR and social media there as well. It has been such an incredible opportunity. When you think about PR and social media, you know, we all kind of think about what we know and kind of what we've uh, 
just always assumed about these industries. But when you have to teach it to somebody else, it really makes you go back into like, you know, why is this and what's the history around something? And, um, you know, I love getting those questions because it it makes me think twice about um, certain things. So it's been such an awesome experience being able to be a professor. And uh, we just kicked off as the day we're recording this. It was its first day of classes. So it's always a lot of excitement and buzz. Um, but uh, I, I love it. And uh, I think it makes me a better professional as well, just because I'm always uh, staying on top of the trends and like what's new and being able to share that with my students. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Our um, advisor, she also, um, she also like works in PR right now along with oh, like cool. a professor just so she can kind of like say and what's relevant with the media and everything. So I totally understand. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good practice for everybody. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so I guess what are some of the strategies that listeners could be practicing right now to build their own personal brand? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, And I think if you're, you know, specifically looking at media, um, the biggest thing I can, the biggest piece of advice that I can give you to really, you know, start to think about when it comes to um, PR is think about where your dream media outlet is. So where do you want to be one day? I've gotten myself in on the Rachel Ray show. I've been on Anderson Cooper's CNN, um, 360. Um, I've been in Forbes. Like these are all dream media outlets that I was able to make happen because I put that goal in my mind. And so if, if you're out there listening and you're going like, okay, what, you know, what do I need? If I am a PR professional or, even just wanting that PR for yourself. Um, Think about where that dream media outlet is that you want to be on one day. Look at who works there. Start following them on Instagram. Follow them on Twitter if you're on Twitter. Start engaging with their content. When it comes to getting a pitch in your inbox, the two things they see are your name and the subject line. So if the subject line isn't enough to grab their attention, And they, but they recognize the name because they're like, oh, that person always likes my content on Instagram. They're going to be more likely to open it. So like that, I would say is just like a little, like just tip as far as, you know, if you're really trying to break into an outlet that you might feel like is impossible, like start following the right people on social media, start engaging with their content. And then when it is comes time to, for you to send out pitches to them, they're going to recognize your name. They're going to know who you are. They're going to open your emails. And then, you know, the, the rest is history from there. So, you know, I would say the relationship part of public relations is often overlooked because we're all online now. And it's one of those things like, oh, we can't build up relationships online, but you can, and it's really easy to do. Um, you can incorporate it into something as simple as social media and it can go a long way. I've seen it happen firsthand. Wow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, some people, they don't really have that, those connections and everything. And so you have to build them yourself. And that is, that's a really great way to do it. Yeah. And even websites like Haro, um, you know, if, for those of you who aren't familiar, Haro is um, an email that comes out three times a day and it stands for help a reporter out. And I like to refer to Haro as 
reactive public relations. So it's this idea of when journalists need a source, they go to HARO and they fill out a form and then they are included in this one of these three emails that go out every day. There's really tons of opportunities in these. But I've been able to get my husband in Martha Stewart. He owns a heating and air conditioning business. He's like, I don't know any other heating and air conditioning business that's been featured in Martha Stewart, but I have twice. And I got him both of these opportunities from Haro. So even if, you know, what I'm sharing with you is more of proactive, where you're reaching out to the journalist yourself and saying like, hey, write a story about me. That's proactive, but there's even great opportunities with websites like Haro that even on the reactive side can still get you some incredible features. Really? Wow. Yeah, I've actually never heard of Haro, so that's, yeah, I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then just like one last thing. So yeah. um, I usually ask my listeners, it's just um, at the end, but is there anything, is there one thing that you wish you would have known while you were in school that you know now? Ooh, Okay. So this is going to sound so cliche, and I hope this doesn't make me sound like an elder millennial, even though I am an elder millennial. Um, you've heard the saying of like, don't burn bridges. And I've definitely heard that for many years and just like thought, oh, yeah, 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 don't burn bridges. But it is wild to me how people that I worked with 15 years ago come back into my circle and because I had a good relationship with them, then they end up hiring me now. I, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I never thought I was going to own my own business. I truly am very type A. I like things organized. I like things planned out. I thought for the rest of my life, I'd be working for somebody else and I would never have to worry about getting my own clients and having people pay me. But I am in that situation and people that I worked with for many years ago, it's coming full circle. They're coming back around and they're hiring me to work with the company that they work for, or they're referring me to their neighbor who needs a, a publicist. Like the amount of people that you interact with and encounter uh, years later. And I think especially with social media continuing to keep us connected, um, this will continue to be a trend. But I'm so glad that I treated people well then so that that it has helped me now so it has brought more meaning to the light of that phrase don't burn bridges because um, you often think like oh I'm never going to see this person again and you might not but it is wild how many times I thought that and it actually has been proven to be not true so you know I would say that's um, the best advice that I can give in just um continuing to think about, even though this may be a bad situation, I'm going to handle it with as much grace and patience as possible to get through it because I never know where 10 years or 20 years from now, this is going to lead me. Exactly. Yeah. Do you, um, do you like to keep in touch with people, I guess, too, as well with that? You know, I think that that's a really great point. And um, I have found that if I'm posting regular on social media, even specifically LinkedIn, um, you know, it is getting that those updates and that content to the right people and they're able to kind of stay in touch with you. I do think it is smart to continuing to build relationships with those people, because, again, you never know where they're going to go in their career and where it's going to lead them. Um, so that is definitely some best practices to consider and in, in, in just continuing to to keep those lines of communication open. Yeah, that's a really great point. 
Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Allie. It was really great to have you on and learn about fame and fortune and your podcast. And you seem like you're a very busy person. So, oh my gosh. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on and um, would love to connect with anybody that um, is interested in um, learning more about fame and fortune. You can find me on all social media platforms at the Allie Martin. Perfect. Yeah. And I will leave all of that information in the show notes below. Great. Thanks so much. If you like PR Hangover or you found this episode helpful, it would be greatly appreciated if you could help support us. You can do this by liking the show, you can rate it, or you can even subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you all for listening to PR Hangover, and I will see you all next time.